welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Please forgive me for my absence over the past month or so. I am trying to get it together over here. I graduate in less than two weeks, which I'm super excited about. I know a lot of you guys have been following my journey to MBA. So again, I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you. And thank you so much for your patience as I have worked through this. Today, we are going to be digging into coping strategies for kids. I get to sit down and chat with one of my favorite counselors, Lakeisha. Now, if you missed out on the last couple of episodes, we talked about single parenting and virtual learning. So if you haven't checked those out, go back and do so. If you are not following us over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood, go ahead and do so. That is where I tend to keep you all updated. I am super consistent with Instagram stories, not as much on the feed, but I'm working on that. We have been fortunate to have had a meetup here in Houston um, over a picnic, which was amazing. And then we were fortunate to receive a donation from a nice gentleman that I was able to use to give back to the community here. So He gave the donation because he thought I was doing a great job here with this community and I was just blown away. So, you know what I said, instead of just keeping this whole donation, I have to give back to the community somehow. So I decided that I would do a giveaway each month, October, November, and December till the end of the year. And I have done just that. So in October, we had a giveaway November, we had a giveaway, and this month, we are hosting the last giveaway of 2020, so stay tuned for that, okay? Without further ado, let's hop into this episode. Hi, Lakeisha. Welcome to the show. I should say welcome back because (laughs) we've heard from you before, but welcome. I am so excited to have you back on today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited and I always love coming back to the show. So I'm just excited. (laughs) Awesome. So can you take just a moment to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I know some may have heard you before, but some may be new to you. So let them know who you are. Yeah, definitely. So I'm Lakeisha Russell, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Wisconsin. I do have a private practice, the Evolving Chair Counseling and Consulting Agency, where we provide services primarily to women and children focusing on trauma, depression, anxiety, parenting, life transitions, but literally all women and children issues. I'm a speaker, I'm a TV personality. I host a weekly segment on Spectrum Cable News here in Wisconsin called Mental Health Mondays, where I provide tips and techniques for parents or individuals just to promote better mental wellness. Awesome. So, you know, I was telling you off the mic that originally I reached out to you to talk about coping strategies for children during COVID. Mm -hmm. But since we have a lot of racial injustice going on, we have, you know, a lot of protests and a lot of things happening a lot of moms are wondering, you know, how do they sort of 
manage or help manage their children's emotions in response to these events that are happening. Or, you know, um, for a lot of us, <laughs> we're trying to manage our own emotions, you know? So it's like, yeah. how do we help our kids? And I know for a lot of moms, you know, they feel anxious and then mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out, okay, well, if my child is looking to me for guidance on how to handle this stress, what can I do? You know, the kids are scared, they're confused. Some of them mm -hmm. might even be angry. What are some things that you are seeing with your clients? Are they talking about, you know, coronavirus or are they talking about racism? Any fears that they have expressed? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so ironically enough, my kid clients seem to be pretty stable. And I just don't know if it's because they're in like the elementary age. So like the okay. six to like 11 ish age group and so i don't know if they really know what's all going on it's just like oh when will we be able to like get out the house like from this covid thing like i think that's what they're i'm seeing a lot more is still of the residue from covid okay. but i will say like um i did have a client uh last week actually she talked about um the george floyd murder and she was like you know it's sad but she was like i just feel like it's a lot you know going on that i'm seeing on the news and the tv and you know just with her she's 12 and i had to tell her like hey you know it's okay to want to be informed but you don't have to consume yourself with the news and feel like you have to watch it every single day you know and, and we also talked about what are those things that can help you feel better after hearing a story or watching something on the news and so we just really developed just healthy coping skills for her things that she was already doing she loves music so it was like oh well i love to sing you know and i added a little something too like well why don't you write a song like you when you're starting to feel down or really sad about something why don't you add a lyric to a song once you're in those moods okay that's really good so do you have any tips for um, those parents out there that are struggling to process their own, you know, feelings and emotions with helping their children process theirs? Yeah. And I think for parents to understand, right, it's okay for us to feel these emotions, right? Because we're human and many of us are tied to this because this is a group of people that we belong to. Um, and so I think for parents just to understand it's okay for them to get out the crying, the frustration, yelling, whatever it is, but keeping in mind our kids are watching our behaviors. Yeah. You know, it, we can always tell our kids, you know, how to act, what to do, what to say, but they're really just watching us. We're modeling what we want them to do when they get older. And so I encourage parents, you know, if it's connecting with a therapist, it's okay to process that, especially now because we're seeing all the inequalities and injustices coming about more than ever. And it's okay to, to vent to somebody, have that person you can talk to. And you know, it's okay to talk to friends and family too, but I always caution parents, especially when we have like um, a social unrest going on, you know, those people can be consumed by it and be weighed down too. And you don't necessarily want to like dump your stuff onto them so it's okay to reach out to a therapist just to process that what's going on you know and i would encourage parents as well what what fills your cup like what is that thing that fills you up when you're feeling drained and like you're on your last leg or your cup is empty 
what is that thing that fills you up? And I always give the example for me is music. Like I'm, I'm a vocal major. I went to a arts high school, like over the kids choir, like music is my thing for me that refills my soul. And so I know when I start to feel depleted or empty, I need to either be singing something or just immersing myself in music, letting my playlist go. Okay. That's good. So finding out what that thing is that really feels your cup. Now, Lakeisha, if they have an issue, you know, figuring out what that thing is, or they don't really know themselves at this moment, how can they sort of find out what that thing is? Yeah. Starting with maybe what, what are you good at? Um, what do you enjoy doing? What makes you smile? I would say starting with those three things. And, you know, for example, somebody might be like, oh, well, I'm good at writing or I'm good at drawing or I'm good at supporting other people, you know, so just really breaking that down. Or if you're like, oh, what makes me smile? Oh, I smile when I see pictures of kids or something, you know, something like that. And so it's just really, I think oftentimes, I think we make it more than what it needs to be per se versus like, it's really easy just to really sit back and, but be intentional and being mindful as you're doing different activities um, or engaging in different conversations of, did that make me feel good? Like do that self-check after each thing you do. Okay, that's really good. Now, you know, once we figured out that thing that mm-hmm. we like to do and we have our emotions in control or manage, what sort of signs should we be looking for when we are wondering if our kids are stressed? Yeah, so if they are having trouble sleeping, whether it's not going to sleep right away just because their thoughts are racing or they can't stay asleep and so they get up and they're thinking about whatever it is that they have in their mind. Um, The uncontrollable crying, maybe some nervousness, maybe they're concerned about like their safety or something bad happening to a family member. So those are some things that you want to pay attention to. Okay. You know, with the 12 year old you mentioned, you said that she was seeing a lot of things on the news. Do you think we should do And I don't want to say a better job because some of us may already monitor our kids, things that they watch or, you know, whatever that looks like. But do you think that we need to, you know, just control it more? Yeah. Do we need to monitor um, what the children watch on the news or what they are consuming on social media? I know some apps that will allow, you know, the kids to only be on social media for, you know, an hour or they can Mm -hmm. only watch this for x amount of time you know you can put those restrictions in place but i'm wondering you know with everything that's happening do you think we need to do more of that yeah i would encourage parents to to monitor that because you you don't know what will be posted on social media that your child will see or what is said in the news and you know oftentimes they don't have like all of the footage Um, of these deaths in the news but you know they show bits and pieces and so even for parents just being mindful of how often they're consuming the news on tv or on their social medias as well and and if your child happens to like be watching the news or they see something across their social media i encourage parents to have that conversation to process that with your kid so that way 
one, that allows your kid to know that they can come talk to you about anything. Two, that's inviting an opportunity for you to have these conversations just about race, inequality, things like that. And so you want to allow that space for your child to have those conversations and then to process what they saw or what they've been hearing. Because oftentimes, you know, kids, I think, feel that they can't share what they're thinking because they don't want to say the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so in this perspective, right, after your kid watches something, process it with them. Like for my kids, my kids are a little older. They're 11 and 12. And so, you know, their grandmother, like, she keeps it on CNN all day, every day. And I'd be like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Like, that's a lot, you know? Um, but she's older and, you know, that's what they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I have to tell my kids, like, it's okay to, like, go outside and just, like, step away. Like, you don't have to be in that same space and be immersed with all of that and us having that conversation. So how did that make you feel hearing about those deaths? Like, how, what can we do to help you feel better? Or what can we do to bring about some kind of change, even if it's small within our community? Yeah, or making them feel safe at home to be Mm -hmm. able to talk about those things, I think is very important. Because um, I was talking with the mom earlier, and I was saying how, you know, some kids are not even comfortable with discussing that they don't feel safe at home with their parents, Mm -hmm. you know, so that is something that is difficult. And I think, you know, as parents, if you don't have that open communication with your child, then I definitely think that you should you know, look into getting some help, especially if they are older kids and you know they're probably stressed, they can't go out anywhere, they can't mm-hmm. do anything, all they're doing is consuming media. Um, especially, you know, nowadays where tech is taking over. I mm-hmm. remember one mom, I don't know if it was in single mom chat or just in the comments, she was saying that she has teenagers and she can't even get them to go outside to take a walk. Like all they want to mm. do is be in their rooms on their phones like they don't want to do anything else do you have any advice for someone like her who's going through that struggle yeah i would um have that mom ask them what are the things they're interested in doing and out out aside from technology right so like <laughs> frame it in that way like outside of being on your phone what else are you interested in doing and just building that authentic relationship with them that way and maybe you know maybe it's her kids oh well i i like basketball or i like football or you know i just like to sit outside or what, whatever that is but i would encourage the parent to do that with them and it's funny because like i'm in that similar boat because my kids are like teenagers so like my son will be 13 so he'll be an official teenager and you know they were just consumed with like like being on the game or being on their iPods or their phone. And for me, I was like, instead of me always being like, hey, y'all need to go outside, we're going to go outside together, you know? So me encouraging them to do that with me and for them to see, oh, my mom outside, so I'm going to go with mom. Like we've been walking at the track at our local high school up the street from us and they've been coming with us or like my daughter is like, in this phase of wanting to learn how to double dutch now but because like i kept being like hey y'all we're gonna go outside for a little bit we need to get some sunlight you know and so doing that with them so i would encourage parents to do that stuff with their kid because again right 
kids are looking at what we're doing, what behaviors we're modeling. And if we want to see them outside doing something, they got to see us outside doing something. Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> what do you think that works easily? Well, maybe not even easily, but that works for, you know, like the tweens or maybe the early teens, but those that are, you know, a bit older. So like 16, 17, you know, they kind of start to think that they're grown and that, you know, <laughs> they don't have to go outside. What do you have for them? You know what? Honestly, Kim, it works the same way really? because at mm-hmm, because at the end of the day, right, we telling our 16, 17 year old to go outside, but mama and daddy ain't stepped one foot outside. That's like, nice. do nothing, you know, so it's like, mm, you want me to go outside, but I ain't seen you go outside. <laughs> and so, again, I would just encourage that parent to find out what it is that their 16 or 17 year old or 18 year old enjoys. And you know, for them, it may even be like, hey, have you thought about getting a job? Let's go job hunting. That'll get them out the house, right? And get them filling out applications, interacting with other people. So just being creative, but also the parent taking the initiative to do what they're asking their child to do. Okay, awesome. So how do you think all of this, you know, will affect our children's well-being now and in the future? I've heard some talk about, you know, these experiences can be traumatic for children, uh, whether it's, you know, just coronavirus or mm -hmm. the racism. What do you think that will look like in the future? Because a lot of kids are still struggling with just being indoors. Mm, yeah, that's such a great question. And I think what we might honestly see, because a lot of us clinicians have been talking about that, like, how do we think these things will impact our kids? And if I'm honest, I feel like we're going to see more kids with anxiety-like symptoms, maybe even depression symptoms, behavioral issues in the classroom, just because, right, we had this rug ripped up under us uh, when COVID hit. You know, it was like, oh, you can't go to school no more. And the kids are like, wait, why, what? Like, I can't see my friends, I can't see my teacher. And so I think we'll see more of those kind of behaviors. However, as we start seeing guidelines being restricted or, um, coming down from the restrictions and things starting to shift maybe somewhat back to regular, then maybe for parents to start thinking, okay, what can I start to do to help ease back this transition? Because right, coming from going to school every day, then all of a sudden it stops. Now we'll be expected to go back into a regular routine at school, like the kids need some kind of setup to make them be successful for that next transition of going back to school. And so I would just encourage parents, like even if it's like a small group, you know, in social distancing wise, like can they get together with like maybe two friends or something like that, or maybe even like virtual options. I've been encouraged parents to, you know, continue to have like virtual play dates with their kids. That way, like the social interaction isn't too much gone and they can still like connect and have conversations with kids. Yeah, that's really good because it's like right. we can't control um, what's going to happen, but kids are asking and, you know, we don't always have the answers to provide for them. And um, what I was, I was going to say that one of the teachers, I think she works in like a, a low income district or something like that. And she was saying that the kids look forward to coming to school because, you know, mm -hmm. they have... Um, someone to talk to they have friends to play with and 
it's just like all of that has been taken away from them and it's Mm -hmm. just like I don't even know you know for those parents who were not I guess as involved with their kids it's never too late you know and it's just like if they weren't really involved before now is a great time I think to start you know trying to build that relationship and open that communication like we've talked about previously yeah definitely and that's a great point because you know I think you're right like this is the prime time for parents to reconnect with their kids or build begin building that relationship with them and all it takes is just having conversations with them having conversations in spaces that allows them to share whatever's on their mind without the parent taking it personally or having that judgment in that space because you uh, you want your kid to know okay I can come to my mom or my dad about anything right and so just allowing that continued conversation with your child I think is key because it's it all starts with the communication and how safe do they feel communicating with their parents yes that's so true now do you have any activities that you have been recommending for your kid clients that they could do at home my daughter gets bored really easily <laughs> and I don't know if anybody else's you know, child is the same way but she's like I'm tired of coloring I'm tired of drawing I'm tired of this I'm tired of that I just want to do something else I love like, it right she likes art she likes to paint she you know she likes these things but it's like okay when you you're constantly doing them all the time versus like you know, when she was in school, we would only, you know, pick one thing per day. But now it's kind of like we're kind of doing a lot of things in the day to sort of, you know, fill up her schedule because I still have to work as a parent, you know? So oh, it's yeah. really difficult. And even for those moms with the smaller kids that don't really understand what's happening, they're becoming bored too. So I'm just wondering, are there any activities or things you know, that you have been recommending for them? Yeah, so um, something that I know my friend does with like her clients and I thought was really cool is like a mindful scavenger hunt. And so, you know, the kids are outside and you probably like create a list of like, you know, name two things that you hear or list three things that you see or list four things that you can touch or list like two things that you can smell. So again, it's replicating what we call grounding techniques um, where we do the see, feel, touch, smell here. And so that mindful scavenger hunt though helps to self-regulate and it increases your child's self-awareness of what's going on, how their body is feeling. So I would encourage parents like, maybe create like a mindful scavenger hunt, like in your backyard, just write a list of things that your kid can like go find, but not like tangible, necessarily tangible things. Um, but like a list of what they can hear or what they can see, what they can feel, what they can smell, maybe in the kitchen, something that they can taste (laughs) Um, instead of something outside. Being creative in terms of like, maybe you do like a virtual like family game night. Like if you have like aunts and uncles, other cousins, and like y'all can do like, I don't know, like a Jeopardy or charades through like the virtual type of setting for things. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think about that. But then my family is the type that they're not, you know, really into technology like that. Mm. So, <laughs> they would be like, oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> those are good recommendations. I think that, um, you know, my daughter would go outside, but then also we're in Houston. So, you know, we have been going for walks and then she's like, oh, it's too hot outside. Why do you want to go outside now? And she just acts like she's dying from sweat or something. So I'm like, you know, I'm just over here trying to uh, get us to survive. Okay. Like but, you know, my grandma's house now. So I'm grateful, you know, she can go. Uh, somewhere else while I get my thoughts together but I know everybody don't have that luxury so I wanted to ask (laughs) and I would even say because that made me think like with younger kids you know maybe it's and I don't even know if they make like disposable cameras anymore but like or maybe you have a camera that you're willing to let your kids use my daughter has one of those um it's not a disposable one but it's like I don't know. Is it called Instax or something? You put okay. film in it and it um, prints out like a Polaroid used to. Okay. And maybe That's you can do something fun with that. Like in terms of, hey, let's take pictures of something really cool that we see today. Or let's take pictures of something we can create a story with. You know, so you take the pictures and then maybe you write a story about those things and create a little book. Yeah, that's good. And I know we always, you know, sort of talk about you know, parents making sure that they take care of themselves because mm-hmm. when they do that, they can manage their feelings and then it can help them be more effective parent. Can you talk a little bit about how that actually um, affects their ability to help their children with coping? Yeah, okay. So when we are dysregulated, our kids become dysregulated because they feed off of our our energy that we put out there and and if we're honest I know when I'm dysregulated like I'm short fused short tempered I'm easily frustrated everything is getting on my nerves so I don't have that patience to even like have conversations or interact with my kids and then what sign is that giving to them like oh shoot like Am I, you know, not good enough for my mom to want to talk to me when she's feeling like this? You know, so again, we don't want to create things that set our kids up for failure as adults. And which is why it's so important for us as moms, especially, to practice self-care. Even if it's like five minutes in your day, you know, to do something for you, whether it's breathing, doing some grounding techniques, some mindfulness, progressive muscle relaxation, something, listening to music, coloring, drawing, whatever that thing is, reading like um, an excerpt from a book or the Bible, something that is for you and that helps to get you back centered and focused. Yeah, and walks are really good for that. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, you were saying that you and your kids go on walks. There are so many psychological benefits um, to, you know, I mean, for Mm -hmm. walking or just being able to go out and take a walk. It helps to clear your mind. And I'm sure you can speak to a whole lot of other, you know, benefits. But exercise is important. But then also, you know, making sure that the kids are eating as healthy as possible. Now, I'm not going to say, like, you you got to go all out, but making sure that, you know, they, they are getting their vegetables and they are eating fruit and other things that are good for them versus, you know, filling their body up with junk and then they feel tired 
And then on top of feeling tired, they're also stressed, you know? Exactly. And so that is one thing even like that we are working on with my kids is just being mindful of what they're putting in their body, right? And so again, though, that comes with like watching what what is mom eating? How is she changing? I was like, once they start to see me be consistent with like, the walk with what I'm eating, that'll slowly begin to trickle over to them. With me and my kids, you know, even though we started working out and trying to eat right, like I, they have to see me as the mom model that. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, that we can tell our kids what to do or even what to eat, how to eat things. But if they don't see us doing it, it honestly falls on deaf ears, if I'm going to be honest, because our kids are watching what we are modeling for them. And so like for me, I have to cut out all the junk food and they have to see me do that. So that way they'll know like when I'm telling them like, hey, y'all shouldn't be eating all them hot Cheetos, you know, then they won't be like, but we see you eating, blah, blah, blah. Now they can be like, oh yeah, you right. Because you know, you don't even like eat your chips anymore that you really like. So, you know, you want to continue to model that whatever it is that you are asking your kid to do, we as parents have to model that same behavior. Yes. And I think you've said that count, uh, countless times throughout this, you know, podcast. So hopefully people will understand how important it is, but I just want to kind of like recap some things that you shared. So correct me if I'm wrong or add anything that you feel that I've missed, but um, one, you should be talking to your kids about what's going on, allowing them to talk about their emotions, um, but making sure that you are actually able to manage your emotions first. Um, allow them to connect with their friends virtually. So I think we talked about FaceTime, Skype, any video platforms that they can use to see their friends and do their virtual play dates. Allow them to do that because they need that social support. And that's why I like to use the term physical distancing instead mm-hmm. of social distancing. I love that. Because yeah. we need that social support. We need it. Our kids need it. And it's important. Building a routine or sticking to a routine because you said that it was important so that the kids kind of know what to expect. And I think that pretty much wraps up like, you know, what we can do to help out our kids. Yeah, definitely. And then again, reiterating the model what we want our kids to do. (laughs) The main one, right? Right. (laughs) All right. Well, Lakeisha, did you have anything else that you wanted to share? And I think this is probably like just a similar messaging. I think that we all, like as mamas are giving each other, is just give yourself grace, especially with this motherhood journey. Because again, there is no manual on parenting because if it was, we all would have that manual. (laughs) And even if there are manuals or claims to be a manual, it don't work for all the children. So there's that. Yes, I love that. All right, Lakeisha. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you for coming on. Let everybody know where they can find you and connect. Yeah, you guys can definitely connect with me on Instagram, Lakeisha LPC, L-A-K-I-E-S-H-A-L-P-C. On Twitter, Lakeisha LPC. On Facebook, Lakeisha Russell. And if you're on LinkedIn, Lakeisha Russell LPC. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Lakeisha. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. I hope you all learned something from this episode. Lakeisha always drops gems and tips that we can implement into our daily lives. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. 
As always, you guys can reach out to me via DM over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood. You can follow me over there. You can like the page on Facebook, Single Black Motherhood. Email me anytime, singleblackmotherhood at gmail.com. I am looking forward to what topic suggestions you guys have for 2021. I am going to try my best to get back to weekly episodes since I will be graduating and I can't wait to see what the new year has in store. So until next week, I will chat with you later. Bye.